Hi, everyone. I want to welcome you to Gray Matters Empower Up podcast. We have a very special edition today that I'm excited about. Uh, my name is Carrie McEwen, and I am the Chief Marketing Officer for Gray Matter. And today we have a special edition of women in industrial tech, women leaders who are doing amazing things. Gray Matter is very lucky to work with companies that are really running the world. We are working with manufacturers and water and energy companies that do such amazing things and have great stories. And we thought today we would highlight two of those fantastic women leaders in industrial tech. So we're going to start off with some introductions. Amy Sousen, if you can introduce yourself and then Laura, you can go next. Sure. Thanks, Carrie. Hi, everyone. My name is Amy Sazen. I uh, work with Kimberly Clark. I am in the IT organization and I'm responsible for the global applications across our enterprise for manufacturing. And I'm Laura Harshberger. I work for PPG. I've been with PPG for 11 years and I'm the senior IT manager for our industrial segment operations team. So what that means is four of our business units. I like Amy, manage all of the global applications for manufacturing, supply chain, asset management, capital management, and those areas. So lots of people listening always are interested in the career stories. And especially for the two of you, I think you're both fantastic leaders, but what got you to this point? I think it's important to backtrack a little bit and let people know how your journeys started and how you were able to elevate and take on more as those journeys evolved. Amy, if you want to go first. Sure. I uh, actually started in the telecom sector. I did not start in IT. I did not start in manufacturing. I started in telecommunications. I worked for a large telephone company, um, was then recruited into a startup, and eventually, through a couple of, of career jumps, made my way into Kimberly-Clark in that IT space and um, was responsible for voice, video, um, messaging, which is your email platforms, um, mobility, which is quite popular today in the IoT environment. But that, that background actually set me up really well um, with a couple of other moves to come in and make that step over into that manufacturing space. But as part of that journey, I think what was one of the questions, Carrie, you had asked um, before was, was really about how did we become a leader? And I thought your question was really interesting because I've been a manager since high school, first job out of college, had lots of great training, uh, people who took a chance on me, um, you know, I got, I got the opportunity to be in, you know, accelerated academies or whatever you might call that. But I actually didn't become a leader in my mind until I was working for that startup company. Uh, and that's when I realized I was responsible for an entire team's decision to change their career path. And, and, and I was selling this you know, the, this startup, this come believe in me, and they did. And all of a sudden they're there. We have no office space. The product is still in construction, but they're counting on me in ways that I really never understood when I first took that job. And that to me was that first time that I really made that change in my professional journey from manager to leader, where I had to really recognize that I had to inspire a team and find new ways to keep them motivated while we were trying to bring a new product into market, which 
which was an interesting journey. We ended up ultimately being very successful. Um, I'm, I'm happy to say we did deliver. The journey was amazing, but I often feel when I reflect back on that experience that learning to be a leader versus manager at that point in time, um, that was probably one of the most difficult things I've ever done. Yeah, that's, yes. a, that's a big one. And uh, Laura, we'll get to yours and then we'll get to some of the barriers and things that were difficult about that because I think you're right, Amy. It's a lot of times it's the addition of the weight that you're feeling. And sometimes <laughs> I'll say this on our team here, it's what weight do you feel? Do you feel the weight of other people when you wake up in the morning? Do you feel the weight of the company? Um, do you feel the weight of your own life? That Sometimes that defines how you're managing and then leading eventually. So it's interesting you bring that up. Laura, how about you for the journey that brought you into leadership? Yeah, so um, similarly, I was actually a business major in college, so really didn't know anything about IT and the IT career other than computer science or you know some very technical fields like infrastructure. Um, and I, I remember taking a class senior year that was around the management uh, information systems and a little bit about database design and just felt like I had the business kind of acumen and the business education and um, but my mind is very logical so the database designs made sense and um, that's when I decided to go into a like a systems analyst type of career path within IT. Uh, so I, I've never coded anything from scratch. Um, I can, you know, replicate code or, you know, take code and, and modify it earlier in my career. But really, I think the, the niche for me has been in that business analysis type of role where I really like to understand the business, the process, which is why I love manufacturing right because i you know love to go to the plants and see the process and and try to help them figure out how to make it better not just from an it system standpoint but also just like a lean standpoint um so i say i fell into it i've been in it though my whole career and i think in terms of becoming a leader or moving up i think Networking has been huge um, for me. I I also what I what I think is a great way to move up, especially in a company the size you know of well, Kimberly Clark is very large and PBG is a large company. Um, is doing things outside of your you know day job that you're passionate about. So. I'm heavily involved in our women's leadership network. In fact, I, I run it globally and um, also in our IT uh, intern recruiting and just recruiting in general. So I think that has helped me meet a lot of people and uh, outside of IT and continue my journey with working with the businesses. Um, I think I've the leadership one is interesting for me because I played sports my whole life and um, I was always captain of my teams, you know, from a very young age. And I played volleyball in college uh, at the uh, division three level. And so I've, I feel like leadership has been natural to me in a way that 
I, but I love, you know, leading by example. That's just how I am. So, you know, Amy, I think definitely what you said about inspiring people, that is what leaders need to do. And um, as I've gotten into some roles of higher responsibility and with bigger teams, you really do realize, you know, how much you're impacting everybody's lives <laughs> and their careers on a day-to-day -day basis. So, um, I've learned a lot along that journey, but I think from a leadership standpoint, just comes a little bit naturally. I think it's been in my blood for since I was uh, in high school, really. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So there's there's the make, both of you have interesting backgrounds that indicated that you might do leadership early on with Acceleration Academies, with Captain, but there is an interesting patchwork of leadership that I think people develop when they actually get into the role and have the teams that's sometimes different than that. So I wanted you to both speak a little bit about your style because you're going to have different ones. You have more of a data-driven style sometimes. Sometimes you have the creative style where you want your team to be giving you a lot of feedback and thinking through the problems first before you lay out the answers. So how would you define your styles and what you feel is important as a leader to, to be what you're known for in your leadership style? Amy, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, I, I think that's a that's a great question. My, my leadership style caused me causes me to reflect, I, and I would actually say it's evolving, and, I, and it continues to to evolve. Um, I definitely, you know, tend to be on that big bold idea side of things. I, I really I like to alternate between visionary and face setter styles, uh, and that's because I, I get a whole lot of energy when I'm developing a vision or working with a team to activate a strategy or we've got some you know, big hairy problem we've got to go figure out how to get through it i get a lot of energy from that um and then you know I, I think there's also that that leadership style of servant behavior and i tend to display some of those those servant behavior um qualities when i'm worried about my team's work-life balance which is happening quite a lot right now in in COVID 19 situation in the pandemic I tend to display some of that behavior when I'm trying to protect them from outside distractions or, or attacks. Um, but, but I do think my, my style is evolving quite a bit. Um, I think though, to be effective, you have to be able to, to create with your team, but you also have to have that data-driven side um, because it's sometimes that's what it's gonna take to win the day is understanding and being able to break down your issue into the facts and you need your data to do that. So, so although my style may evolve, um, that data-driven side is one that I do try to pull up um, in, a, in a purposeful way when I'm trying to activate a change um, with whatever I might be working on with the team. Yeah, particularly in what both of you do, I think that you're right, because either way, you're going to run into the data-driven person at some point, even yeah. if you're the creative that, that needs to relate. So Laura, what about you? How, how would you think creating this whole picture of running your women's leadership plus doing your job, you're changing different um, perspectives periodically with PPG. They're moving you around to do different things and influence different parts of the organization. So how do you develop a style or is it one that you have to change periodically when you're put in a different position? 
Yeah, I think Amy's um, comment is spot on about evolving your leadership style depending on, you know, the point in your career or the team. But mine definitely is always lead by example. I mean, I, I definitely like to not think that I'm better than anyone else in terms of, hey, if, if we as a team need to get down in the weeds and get something done, you know, I want to be right there and, and help out and um, you know, not be sitting on the sidelines. Uh, and then for me, the kind of the impression I like to leave is really um, I'm a change driver <laughs> big time. So I actually really like change, which is you know, a lot of times the opposite, right? Nobody really likes to change. And I think that's why I gravitated towards IT because things are always changing as well and technology is always changing. And so I have a very much like a continuous improvement mindset where, hey, you know, I could have done something five years ago that needs to be changed now. And it doesn't mean that five years ago it was the wrong decision or that it was, that anyone did a bad job, right? We have to figure out how to keep up with the, the business and keep up with the times. So sometimes maybe that makes people nervous when I, you know, I don't know, when I come into roles, I like to uh, kind of shake things up and, and see and, and just question like, hey, like, how are things working? You know, how can we do better? And um, of course, include the team and, and the people in those types of decisions. Um, but I usually, um, yeah, I don't, I just don't like to, to sit still maybe is <laughs> the best way to put it. That's a good way to put it. I think our audience could benefit from some stories, particularly from both of you about overcoming challenges as well. We know, we all know those barriers for women, for men, for everyone in work overall, there's barriers that you overcome in in your step and process to getting where you want to be in your career. And when you're a constant learner, that's almost never finished. You're always hitting a barrier or else you're not in the right place. So talk to us about some of the barriers or challenges that you've overcome and maybe a quick story about one that you think other people might be able to use if they are in a similar situation. Laura, you, that, that, you wanna go first? I could, um, you know, one barrier that I overcame, but I mean, I think maybe a lot of people think about and uh, just aren't sure what to do is uh, I relocated, um, you know, with PPG uh, from Pittsburgh to California, to Southern California. Uh, so moved my family and, you know, changed jobs and and that was actually, you know, I remember someone telling me before I moved, you know, this, you'll find that when you do this, you will grow as a person like exponentially because, you know, we moved and I didn't know anyone there. And, you know, even within PBG, right, this is a totally different location. Um, I was actually really grateful for the networking I had done within the Women's Leadership Network because the people that I knew at the plant or had talked to on the phone uh, happened to be within the Women's Leadership Council. So those were the, you know, the only people I, I somewhat knew out in LA. Um, so, I mean, that wasn't the, that's not the barrier, but I think 
for a lot of people, that is a barrier, right? Like actually thinking, could I make this move? You know, could I, you know, move my family cross country or, or maybe to another region? And I personally, I think that helped my career growth a lot uh, because we were willing to make that change. And, um, and I encourage it because it, it helped me. I mean, everything that I do now, I think I look back on that experience and how I got through it. And it just seems like everything's easier, you know, almost uh, after you go through and make new friends and, you know, all the things that we're all uh, always kind of nervous to do throughout our lives. So um, it's not maybe your typical answer in terms of, I've really never had to worry about like being a female in a in a leadership team. Um, I'm not shy, so like I I made sure like to make my presence known at the table, and I personally have not had any barriers related to that. Um, which you know I'm sure a lot of women in other uh, industries or or even within IT do have those barriers. I've been pretty fortunate uh, not to. So uh, that's that's my story about barriers. I think that's, uh, if I could maybe even build on that, right? You mentioned that that status quo I, and, and women in the workplace. I've not struggled either, <clears throat> or I, didn't, I don't think I've struggled um, being a woman in technology, being a woman in manufacturing space. For the same reason that Laura mentioned, right? I, I am a bolder personality and very direct. So, some can call that authentic. Some might call that breaking the status quo. And everyone has an opinion on, on that as well, right? But I, I'm a similar personality. Um, I've never really thought about it until I was asked to think about it. But for me, when I, when I think about barriers in my career, I, uh, a couple of things did come to mind for me. Um, I think the easy one everyone is talking about today is work-life balance. Um, it's it's stress and burnout. And I certainly do coach a lot of people in my team and even outside of my company about those things. And I think that that I feel those things and that that's absolutely true. But the one barrier that really, that I think I struggle with the most, um, although stress is impactful, I don't think that's it. For me, I actually don't, always take the time I should to plan my own career. And I know that sounds funny, right? I've got a great position. I've had great positions. I've been very fortunate to have fantastic experiences. And there was always someone who was helping me in that space, right? And, and I'm very grateful for that. And I'm very fortunate for that. But I, But that's something that I think we don't own enough of as leaders who, who give a lot of their time and themselves to, to their team or their agenda or their company. And, and for me, that's a barrier. I need to take the time um, to chart my own course. And so, you know, I started to think about that and I actually put reminders in my calendar once a year. This is, this is the time where I should go think about updating my LinkedIn profile. This is the time I should think about what do I want in my next two years? Um, and, and do I have the exposure, the experiences uh, I need to, and, and the skills that I need to get to where I want to be in the next two years? And I'm not very good at it, but um, it is something that I do think about more purposefully now. 
Yeah, that's, I, I always use the Jenny Romney, the comfort and growth don't coexist quote with that at <laughs> yeah. some point, if you feel like now I wouldn't say you're comfortable, Amy, by any means, you have a million things going on, but that is, that is the part where you think, am I thinking about how I'm reaching, how I can grow? And so it's an interesting point you bring up. And I wonder what you both think how how you can go about that. Do you need to get the help from more people within your organization on that? Or is that just a personal planning, thinking through, making sure you're staying on top of the latest research and market overall in your space? Or do you feel like that's that's a conversation that who you report to in some way should be a part of? I actually think it's a little bit of everything you've mentioned. For for me, when I think about that career planning, I can't have a conversation with my with my manager, for example, um, that's informed if I actually don't know where I want to go. So for me, that's that it, a lot of that is about self reflection. Where do I want to go? Understanding who can help me get there, or what what skills do I need to develop, for example. And and it's um, once I I. I have that self-reflection and I've got that plan in my mind, that's when I can then talk with either my leader or even um, mentors or sponsors in some way to say, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. This is what I'm interested in. What kind of advice would you have for me? What kind of opportunities do I wanna go after and I wanna go ask for? Um, but I can't get to that step until I've done that. For me, that it's that self-reflection that I need to do. Right, right. And Laura, you were saying the Women's Network is important to you. What about you? Would it be something you would form with whoever you report to as a conversation, you know, in a six-month, three-month goals, reviews, quarterly, yearly, or does that seem too elementary and you, you have to have a be ready to move when you're having that conversation? You know, I think it depends. I would say I've had a lot of informal mentors like throughout my career that I tried to, you know, talk to about those things. The funny thing is, you know, I, I just remember when I joined PPG, I thought, man, aerospace, it's, it's an awesome business unit and I would love to work with them, um, you know, and it never really did the planning necessarily, just kind of like had that in my head. And um, I had a sponsor here at, at PBG that, you know, I got to know really well. And um, and I, I worked really hard to <laughs> to prove, you know, to her that um, that my quality of work was very good and that, you know, I I had a lot of ambition. And so when, you know, when it came up, um, it was a stretch assignment for me, for sure. And she, you know, she advocated for me in that setting. And it has, you know, certainly changed my career trajectory quite a bit. Of course, I always wanted to get here. You know, I, I didn't know how long it would take and, and what, where I would stop along the way, because I think a career... I, I've heard the term, it's probably overused now, right? But it's, there's a career lattice instead of ladder, right? So you're going to move around and different, get different experiences, not necessarily always up. Um, but, 
Yeah, the, the sponsor in that case uh, was, she had been my manager at one point and, um, you know, we were just, we, we saw eye to eye, we're, we're close and she said, hey, uh, this opportunity's come up and we, we need somebody to move and it's a big move, right? So, um, are you interested? And I'm like, I mean, in five seconds, I was like, hell yeah, you know, <laughs> like, so, um, I mean, I'm lucky, like, I knew my husband was uh, willing to do it, like, we had had those conversations before, so, to Amy's point, I mean, you have to know yourself, and know what, what your boundaries are, right, I mean, if, if um, my husband wasn't willing to go, or, if he had a, a different job at the time, you know, then things would have been different. But really, every year, I mean, I'm always thinking of, uh, you know, what's next, even when I, I start a new car a career or a new job, just to make sure I have uh, a clear vision and, and, and can advocate for myself if I need to, right? It's always nice to have people advocate for you, but you also need to advocate for yourself. Right, right. So before I get to the last question, which is the lessons learned and what people might be able to gain from the two of you, if you have one, not necessarily take back, but a lesson that you would put out there to the group. Um, you both talked about being bold and how important it is and that you have this similarity and that it's carried you through so that sometimes you don't even recognize the challenge or necessarily see it before you've hit it. How would you advise people who aren't as bold? Is it a mindset? Is that the way to approach things and, and not... Um, do people create more trouble in their paths by identifying the trouble, sometimes overanalyzing? Is there a way to be bolder that, that you wake up in the morning and, and can help people be bolder with? Uh, you know, for me, I think one thing I learned early on was like, there's no really dumb question. I feel like as women and I mean, a lot of people question themselves, so it's not just women, but I feel like when I was in first in, you know, corporate America, you know, I'd be sitting in a meeting and thinking all these questions and I'm like, you know, that's probably a dumb question, you know, because I'm sure someone has asked it because I'm in a meeting with all these people that are very experienced and um, once I got over that and I started asking questions, well, I shouldn't say I got over it. What happened was other people would ask the same thing that I was thinking, but like 30 minutes later, and that happened a few times. And I'm like, okay, so maybe I'm on the right track here. You know, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't a dumb thing to be thinking. And so I just started asking when I thought about it, I just started asking questions um, earlier. And I think that helped with my, you know, the confidence of, okay, I, you know, I do, I can pick things up quickly. I do understand what people are talking about, even being like a new person. And, um, and my questions aren't dumb and like they've, they're helping us move forward. So having that like example early on for me was pretty critical because, I mean, I've always, I'd say I always have had a lot of confidence, like just from being younger. So I don't know how to teach confidence, but I would say like definitely 
don't second guess yourself about asking questions or being afraid to ask questions. I feel like that happens a lot or being afraid to, to speak up. Like, you know, chances are everyone in the room is thinking the same thing as you or everyone's worried. So if you break the ice too, you know, then other people will speak mm -hmm. up. And so that's how I, you know, get myself through and that's how I would advise other people. Um, but yeah, I don't know how to teach. Unfortunately, I don't think there's a magic uh, bullet to teach confidence, but um, don't be afraid. I think that's great advice. Yeah. You know, you mentioned um, so speaking up sometimes breaks the ice. It has amazed me how many times I've been in a meeting and I'll just ask a question, even if I already know the answer. It doesn't matter. I'll just, I'll ask a question because I know it will break the ice. Right. And for some reason, I don't know what it is. Sometimes you get into a meeting and, and you just get into that mode where someone's talking at you and maybe your mind drifts. But the moment that somebody breaks the ice, I, it's really, it's fascinating how many other people suddenly feel maybe more comfortable to talk or ask questions or put it out there. So sometimes it's, it's, you know, if you don't even have a question, it's being bold enough just to ask one so someone else feels more comfortable, I find is, is another way. Yeah, because that's me, courage. Yeah. Yeah, it's courage. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I, I think the other thing that is really important to me anyway is um, relationships. And I often forget how important they can be, but relationships outside of work are good, I think, for your soul and for your network, but relationships at work are critical because I think they're really, they're based on, on mutual benefit and common goals. Um, but the more that you can establish a relationship and get to know not just the people you work with every day, but either your users, your stakeholders, other leaders, whatever, whoever it might be, it becomes really powerful to learn to have a conversation from their perspective because you now understand what motivates them, you understand what's driving them, you understand what's making their day an utter nightmare. And just having that, that insight, I think really helps you to be more aware of the work you're doing and how it can impact others. But it also has that added benefit that the more positive that relationship is that you're building, you're also building a champion at the end of the day, who's got your back perhaps when you're not in the room, which I also think is really important uh, in someone's career. Well, that's great. I think those are actually the lessons learned in part of this. You have mentioned so many good points. Be the first to ask the question, build the relationships and build the champion. This is great advice and really great stories from both of you. So from PPG and Kimberly Clark, Laura and Amy, really appreciate you joining Gray Matters Empower Up podcast today. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you for having me.